You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving, and I hope you've had a nice morning of Thanksgiving leftovers. I said I was going to take it easy today so that I could ease back into not being psychotic um, and hurting myself with uh, ham and rolls and things. But then I woke up and looked at the counter and thought, no, let's get some coffee rolling and uh, knock some of this out here. I mean, you don't want it to go bad. Granted, I could have just had ham and rolls and not, you know, cake, crumble, ice cream, and a, and a donut. But you got to start somewhere. And, you know, if you eat dessert first, then it's gone first. And it's out of your life forever. And you'll never see it again. Also, protecting my children from childhood obesity. Dad, where did the dessert go? I ate it. You're welcome. All of it? Yes, I did. Have some ham. I'm such a good dad. <laughs> Anyways, um, today needs to be a short day. It just, I'm sorry, but it just has to be. I almost considered not doing an episode just because um, I'm looking at the numbers and they are, I mean, there's nobody here. Everybody is just gone for the holidays. So we'll do what we do and uh, we're going to roll on out of here. Obviously, we got to talk about yesterday, and I don't mean more talk about pie or anything like that. I'm talking about football, because that was a thing. And um, I feel like we learned a lot, but at the same time, haven't learned anything. I mean, it's it's nothing changed. Every team kind of stuck to their identity, even if that identity is not uh, like a, uh, how would you, what would you say? It's not your full identity. For example... When I talked about the Eagles last week, I said this is a team that half the time plays like complete trash, the other half of the time they blow people out of the water. Well, they won massively. That is their identity. It was just one of those two. So everybody kind of stuck to their one of their identities, if that makes any sense. In other words, any of these games could have gone in any direction, and it wouldn't have been that surprising. Partially because that's just the 2021 season where nothing is really concrete. But again, even when things were, you didn't know exactly how it was going to go, you look at these scores and you go, yeah, that all makes sense. Even Dallas and the Raiders. Yeah, that that makes sense. But we'll start with uh, Detroit and Chicago. It was pretty disappointing. I really, I think we all kind of felt, probably even Bears fans, I don't know if Detroit fans felt it because they're, they're so deep in despair. I don't know if they ever thought they had a chance. But everyone seemed to have this undergirding feeling that Detroit had like a 50-50 shot at this. And even at the end of the game, you kind of look at it and go, yeah, it was kind of like a coin toss. I will say I think Chicago was the better team most of the time. 
But it was one of those things where Chicago was a little bit better in ways that didn't matter because ultimately scoring is the only thing that matters. So your, your defense is playing better than Detroit's defense. Your offense is playing better than, than Detroit's offense. But it's 13-7 to 7, pretty much half the game. And when Detroit went down and scored that touchdown, you're looking at it and going, it, it, it just doesn't matter. Nothing that you did mattered. And the team that has not been able to do anything, you put yourself in a situation where the worst team can easily win this game. And they almost did. And another theme that kind of emerged, and I had mentioned this a couple weeks ago, when Detroit basically went all in. The heck was that game? They went all in and lost, but almost beat a really good team. I guess I have to pull up stuff I didn't feel like I needed to. I think it was the Rams, even though it wasn't actually that close. They lost by nine, but um, it was close for a very long period of time. And it really felt like, man, if, if this is the team that you're getting when you're, they were 0-6 at the time. Would you be quiet? My phone with the buzzing. And then, and, and that's how my phone goes on silent. And that's how I lose it forever. Should I call your phone? Doesn't matter. It's on silent. Because I'm tired of it going, because I have 5,000 notifications set for Twitter. I'm just, anyways, 5,000 notifications a day, four of them are interesting. But you just feel like if that's the kind of energy they can bring, when you're 0-6 and and you're, you're, you know, I thought they were going to beat Philadelphia the next week, and they lost 6-44. to But then they come out of their bye, they tie Pittsburgh 16-16, to they play the Browns, they nearly beat the Browns, it was 10-13, to they play Chicago, they nearly beat Chicago 16-14. The interesting thing about Detroit is they have no talent whatsoever. It's a little bit unfair to maybe two guys. But they have no talent whatsoever. But they got a lot of heart. They have a team that somehow doesn't do what we couldn't get the Packers to do for like 10 years, despite having a ton of talent. I've talked about, you know, Aaron Rodgers in particular. Things go wrong, and he and a bunch of the other guys, they just put their head in their hand. It's first quarter, and they're like, oh, forget this, man. (laughs) The Lions (laughs) are 0-9-1 playing the Chicago Bears, losing... And playing like they don't realize that they're a bad team that's losing. Like they're just, they're given the exact same amount of energy every play, every down, all the time. Did they play a clean game? No. Did they play a good game? No. They're, they're, there's no discipline and they're just not very good at football. But, but I do give them a lot of credit because they just keep playing like they don't know they're really bad. And, and if anything, they're getting better. They nearly won three of their last three after their bye. They've lost by a combined five points in three weeks. Zero, three, and two. Point is, if you put talent on this team, if you gave this team the same amount of talent that Chicago has, with what I believe to be a slightly better quarterback, better running back, uh, way better wide receivers, better pass rushers, better defensive line, better linebackers, maybe better corners, probably better safeties, pretty much every position. Give them the same team. I think the Lions beat the Bears like 38 to 12. I think it would have been a blowout. I think this was just a matter of the more talented team, which is, you know, obviously not coached wonderfully. And, I, and I'll be honest, I think Nagy gets thrown under the best more than he should. And I'm not going to argue about that too much because I don't care. As long as the Bears are bad, I don't care. But I also don't want to talk too much about it because I love the fact that Bears fans always think they're just one decision away from being a great team, right? We're just a quarterback away. They get their quarterback, they still suck. Well, it's because of Nagy. And if we had a better head coach, then he would make 
Justin Fields a great quarterback and we would be winning Super Bowls, okay? And then they're going to get a new head coach and that's not going to be the reality. Same with the defensive coordinators. When they had Vic Fangio and he left and they brought in a new guy, this guy's going to be even better and he wasn't. And then they brought in a new guy, he's going to be even better and he's even worse. It just, things don't just get better. But I like to let them just live in that delusion. Nagy, you know, they, they take all their problems and put it on one guy. And when they change that one thing and it doesn't fix their whole lives, they melt down. Nagy is not the entire reason this team is not good. Now, understand, I'm not saying that means Detroit in the near future is going to be very, very good. I think I think there's a lot of components to making a team a good team, right? The Packers had, like, let's just make up numbers here, 9 out of 10 really important components, or let's say 8 out of 10, because obviously you can think of at least two. But they didn't have what? They didn't have that grit factor, that 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 thing that we just talked about, the one thing Detroit does have. The ability to face adversity and not even see it and just keep playing all the way, as hard as you can. Every play, every drive, every series, every quarter, keep going. They just, they didn't have that. They, they like fans, kind of saw things and went, well, this is a bad day. I guess we're done. The Bears, I mean, I mean, I don't even know what to say about the Bears, man. I remember when this was a while ago. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was free agency or... There was a point at which I thought the Bears for sure, maybe it was the franchise tag, I don't know. I thought the Bears for sure were going to let Allen Robinson go. And at one point, who was it? The Bears YouTuber. Um, anyways, he was on Twitter saying they're not going to let him go. And I, I just, I messaged him, on, or not messaged him, I responded to him on Twitter and just thought, that doesn't make any sense. Like, well, why do you think that? And he said, because the Bears are not in rebuild mode. And he was right. And, and as soon as he said that, it, it dawned on me, even though they should let Allen Robinson go, even though they should tear down and rebuild, they don't think they should. The Lions did. They allowed the team to, I mean, crumble, I guess, is a weird thing considering there wasn't much built up to begin with. But they realized that there's no point in really hanging on to people for short-term gains because we're not going anywhere. So they brought in a new staff. They are starting to build this thing from the ground up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Bears stupidly believed that they had something here. And that was evident since before the draft when they were trying so desperately to go out and get quarterbacks. They tried desperately to get Russell Wilson. They tried desperately to get Deshaun Watson before his legal issues. They were in on every single quarterback available and ended up with Andy frickin' Dalton because they didn't think they had any other options, and then went with Justin Fields, which, again, they traded up for out of desperation, because they went all in. And and in a sense, it makes sense, because Nagy and Pace are obviously not going to go to the McCaskies and say, hey, look, we're going to have to rebuild and try again, because the automatic response to that is, okay, then you're fired. You had your opportunity. This is your opportunity. And they should have been fired. I said that last year. They should not be giving them an op- another opportunity to continue to push on. Because the only thing you're going to do is continue to damage your future. Forget this year. You're damaging your future. You're, you're also paying tomorrow's money and you're paying tomorrow's draft capital with all these trade-ups and trades for players and everything else. It's hurting your ability to win in the future. And you're so far gone now, you're not going to win today. You're not going to win this year. So essentially, you're hurting 2022 and 2023 potentially beyond. I mean, you figure if you draft somebody in 2022, that person could play for 10 years. There's a diminishing effect over time, but it does go out for many, many years. 
And you're doing that to prop up a season to maybe get to what, 500, which I know is not really attainable anymore, but, you know, be better than than average, maybe, not, certainly doesn't seem like you're even going to get there, but what a waste. So as I think most people anticipated, um, pending Justin Fields becoming some great rookie quarterback, which was always unlikely, not that he won't be great at some point, although that's diminishing with every passing game, but generally rookie quarterbacks don't come in and just dominate and turn around a team, especially a team with as many holes as Chicago has. But um, since they're by, they've scored 13 and 16 points, and that was against the Ravens in Detroit, neither of which have dominant defenses. Um, prior to that, they've scored 27, 22, 3, 14, 20, 24, 6, 20, and 14. I mean, they, they've they've scored, you know, we talked a lot last year about 24, maybe it was even two years ago. I don't know, 24 being kind of a magic number, and I still kind of believe that. I don't have any anything to put to that, but if we call 24 sort of a baseline, if we say 24 is sort of like a, it's not a bad number, it's not a good number, it's just right there in the middle, they've been over that mediocre number once against Pittsburgh. And again, if their goal is to um, get over 500, they have to win four games. They've only got one, two, three, four, five, six games left. They need to win, well, no, they need to win five games, I guess because there's two more games after that, and if you fall to both of them, you are not above 500. But they've got the Cardinals, that's a loss. The Packers, that's a loss. The Vikings, that's a loss. Seattle, probably a loss, but Seattle's a mess. The Giants, they've got a chance. Minnesota, probably a loss again. Now, crazy stuff can happen. Minnesota loses some games they shouldn't lose, and um, uh, again, Seattle's a maybe. So, I mean, realistically, maybe there's three here. So we're talking about... I would say at best they're a 7-10 and 10 team. Again, they, they went, sort of went all in. Remember, they traded up for Justin Fields, and then they traded up again in the second round to get their left tackle, who I don't know if he's hardly played this year. And again, again, that was just to replace a guy that was already there that was already pretty good. So it's not even a move upward. It's a lateral move. And as far as I can tell, Justin Fields is pretty lateral to <laughs> Mitch Trubisky as it is. And so a year late... Matt Nagy and presumably Ryan Pace will be fired. I hope not. If they keep Ryan Pace, that would be glorious. Like I said, they have a real bad habit of putting all their blame on one person. If they put it all on Nagy, fire Nagy, and keep Pace, I will just be the happiest person on planet Earth. But uh, anyways, as I was saying, as most people expected, um, the division is pretty much just Packers-Vikings. And I don't even mean from a record standpoint, just in terms of teams that are competent. That's it. And this kind of proved it. I mean, the Bears really aren't that much better than the Lions. I mean, think about it. If they would have lost that game, which they almost did, you would have had the 3-7 and seven Chicago Bears and the 1-9-1 and one Detroit Lions. It's not that different. <laughs> it's just not. They're not that different of, of teams. And so as much as we wanted Detroit to win, it was really inconsequential because the Bears are um, just not really in contention. Um if they're going to, can they even get into the, I mean, I know they technically can, but I mean, they're about eliminated at this point. So we got four, what, five, so they could technically be 10 and seven if they win out. Let's see, last year, Chicago got in at eight and eight. On the AFC side, everybody was pretty dominant. 11 and five was the worst record. That's kind of crazy. So, uh, I mean, Washington got in at 7-9, and nine, but that's because they won the division. That's not going to happen for Chicago, obviously. We already have eight wins. 
So, I mean, it's it's not even worth looking at. It's not going to happen. But if we say a team needs nine wins, even the Vikings need to win four more. Um, the 49ers is a maybe. Detroit is a pro. Oh, they got Detroit. No, they have Chicago. Tw- yeah, so they got Detroit and Chicago twice. That's probably three. Um, but even so, I mean, they got to beat San Francisco. And it's so they've got a lot of away games coming up. It's at San Francisco, at Detroit. Then you got the Steelers at home, which I don't think is necessarily a given. They should win, but again, that. Um, then you got Chicago in Chicago, which I, I you know, the, the, the crazy thing about that is we've talked about how these cold weather games are really a big benefit. We looked at the numbers, we'll probably look at them a little bit closer again as they come up. But. Green Bay does have a big advantage in cold weather, as does Chicago. And with Minnesota seemingly having some issues with fluctuation, meaning they play well sometimes and then they play pretty poorly other times, I don't know that it's impossible they drop to Chicago in Chicago. Then they've got the Rams, which is obviously going to be a tough game. They have the Packers in Green Bay, and then they have Chicago at home, which should be a win. I think it's going to be tough for them to get to nine. I mean, going four and two is tough for any team. Or four and three, I guess. I guess that's not that tough. If you don't suck, you should be able to go four and three. And uh, as for the Packers, obviously, even if we drop this one, to get to nine is one win. We have the Bears, who obviously are not good. That's in Green Bay. And and by the way, we have a big home stretch. We have two away games, but we have Chicago at home, Baltimore on the road, Cleveland at home, Minnesota at home, and then Detroit in Detroit, which is probably going to be tougher than it should be, but it still should be a win. We have three home games in January and December. Now, I know we refuse to lean on A.J. Dillon, but if we just do that, I think we're golden. December 12th, December 25th, and January 2nd at home. And, uh, I mean, the the Baltimore Stadium also is, I mean, that's going to be a cold-weather game. It's not a dome. Obviously, it's not our home stadium, but, um, again, cold and snowy. That actually could be a tough game. I mean, they, they love to run the ball also. That's, that'd be a fun one, man. That would that actually sounds a lot like what we had against the Titans. Titans were a team. It was a cold-weather game, snowing, team that loves to just smash the ball. That could be a fun one. Anyways, I don't know. I guess we'll take a break here because I said it would be a short one, and I don't want to pigeonhole myself where I say I think I want to be done, but we didn't take a break yet. So let's do that here. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. We're only three patrons away from being at 280, which we've never been at, I don't believe. I was shooting for 300 by my birthday, but that is that is in four days, so that will not happen. But hey, if we can get to 280 by my birthday, that'd be cool. I know everything has completely just died off, the holidays and whatnot, but think about it. Think it over. Again, there's Venmo, Cash App, Coinbase, if uh, you're a, not a fan of Patreon. Probably have to hit me up, though, because I haven't been putting those in the description anymore because Facebook now has a thing for podcasts, and when I put long descriptions in, it shows up as, like, a comment, and it just looks really bad. So I'm not doing that right now, but anytime you want to support the podcast, feel free to reach out. Why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. As for the next game, um, we had the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. I think most people expected Dallas to win, but again, really should not have been all that surprising. Not because the Raiders are actually good at football necessarily, but because Dallas has been having some real big problems. Dallas was a lot like Green Bay, right? They fell in week one, although it wasn't a travesty. It was also to a good team, so that kind of doesn't... But whatever, right? You had your week one loss, and then they beat the Chargers, beat the Eagles, beat the Panthers, beat the Giants, beat the Patriots, had a bye week, came out, and beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and they were 6-1, and one, right? 6-1, and one, feeling good. They, I mean, you, you could be skeptical, but when you're 6-1 and one, and you barely lost to Tampa, you're feeling good, right? The fact that you almost lost to the Chargers, and, um, you know, it was kind of close to Minnesota. I don't, I don't think it threw up too many red flags, but Dallas is becoming um, Buffalo. There's so many, like the Eagles, Buffalo, Dallas, they're these teams that have, they're just extremely volatile, right? And occasionally you'll get days like the game against Philly, 41-21. That's a blowout. Against the Giants, 44-20. That is a blowout. Um, You know, against Atlanta, which we haven't gotten to yet, but 43-3, that is a blowout. But now they've reached a point where they're starting to fall apart. The offense and the defense sometimes just don't show up. And it really just becomes a dice roll, right? I mean, it's, I mean, it, you could almost see it as like two coins, you flip heads or tails. Heads, you know, one coin is offense, one coin is defense. Heads is good, tails is bad. So you flip a coin. Offense is heads, defense is tails. You're going to have a good offense and a bad defense. Score is going to be, you know, 
basically what we saw against the Raiders, 33-36. Offense did great. Defense was terrible. But they have fallen three of their last five games. And again, one of the games that they won was against Minnesota, where they won only by four. But you get the game against Atlanta. You know, So for example, they, they beat Minnesota. So you go to six and one. You lose to the Broncos 16 to 30. Your offense and your defense played poorly. You only scored 16 against Denver and you allowed 30 by the Denver freaking Broncos. I don't even know how that's possible. But then you get your rebound game and everyone's like, all right, they're back on track. Except then you play Kansas City and the number one ranked offense in football scores nine points. Defense held Kansas City to 19, but you still lost because your offense only scored nine against one of the worst defenses in football. Granted, you can't really say that anymore. They've they went from like 29th to 15th because they've allowed 9, 14, 7, and 17 points in the last. In fact, be, keep going, 27 and 13. Um, so pretty much since week six, they, their defense has turned things around. But anyways, that's still horrible. If you're, if you're the number one offense in football, which they were, and, and even now they're still just they're number two in points, number one in yards, and you lose because you only scored nine, that's a problem. So they're, they're just volatile. This is another team, again, like Buffalo, like Philadelphia, where any week, any single week, you can pretty much come up with any score and it's possible. Because a really good Cowboys offense can score 44 points. They've scored 40 points three times this year. 44 against the Giants, 43 against the Falcons, 41 against the Eagles. That's insane. But now the defense is starting to fluctuate. They've allowed 36 this past week, which is the worst that they've had. 31 against Tampa in week one, and also 30 against Denver. 29 to the Patriots, 28 to the Panthers. I mean, they, they have moments of being terrible. Moments of being great, though. 3, 19, 16, 20, 21, 17. Dallas is the, is the one team that you never want to play in the playoffs because they're not, they only serve one purpose, and that's to wreck your playoff hopes. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not consistent enough, and consistency is important if you're going to win a Super Bowl because you have to go undefeated for a stretch, and Dallas can't do that. At least the way they're playing now, there's no chance. Things change. We'll see what happens. No chance right now. But they can absolutely blow you up, right? They'll, they'll play, for example, if we get the Packers, if we get the Packers, if the Packers get Dallas, they could end up blowing out the Packers 40-14 to 14 and then just completely fall apart the next week. Not because the Packers are terrible or the team they played the next week is so good, just because that's the nature of Dallas right now. But obviously, this, this is great. And, and the other good thing about it is they actually had one good coin flip. Their offense played great. 33 points is great. Any way you slice it. I mean, you could say it wasn't perfect and they made some mistakes. And even on that final drive, Dak just completely missed a wide open receiver in overtime to, to continue moving the stick. That caused a punt. And then the Raiders were able to go down and get that field goal. It wasn't perfect, but 33 points is a lot of points. To make matters worse, a um, lot of road games. Four of their next six. Saints on the road, Washington on the road, Giants on the road, Eagles on the road. Eagles is going to be a, a wild game. I mean, again, both teams are playing the coin flip game. Can you imagine if one of the defenses flips bad and the other offense flips good? It could be like 72-3. to three. could be 40-40. to 40. It could be 6-9. to, to nine. <laughs> No idea what's going to happen. But um, then their, their two at-home games are Arizona and Washington. So they fall to 7-4, and four, which obviously is great for us. I mean, this is a, this is a team that was um, primed to be well ahead of us. And again, they fall in three of their last four, from 6-1 and one to 7-4. and four. That's um, it's pretty bad. Great for us, though. 
And again, nobody expected it from the Raiders because they've they've fallen three in a row, including to the Giants. Uh, they got annihilated from the Bengals, which is an embarrassment, and they got annihilated by the Chiefs. I mean, basically, again, since this whole debacle with the head coach, it's been pretty rocky, right? They fell apart in that Bears game, um, and I, I do think that was a big part of it. They did beat the Broncos, and they beat Philadelphia, and that's cool, but they, they came out of their bye week, especially with everything else that's happened with the horrific accident with their uh, wide receiver. They had, uh, what, Arnett, another cornerback. So they lost their head coach because of his conduct, things that he did. They lost a wide receiver because he killed somebody. And then they lost a cornerback because he goes on social media and starts flashing guns around, threatening to kill people. Raiders are crazy, man. But yeah, they fall to the Giants, the Chiefs, and Bengals. Two of those are blowouts. Um, but again, they, they're, they're a team that can get it done. You don't expect them to, but uh, they went two weeks in a row, week six and seven, beating Denver 34-24, to won by 10, beat Philadelphia 33-22, won by 11. Definitely wouldn't have put a lot of money on it, but you just never know, man. Especially in 2021, it's, it's, almost, it's almost silly to think the underdog doesn't have a chance. It's, it's almost just kind of ridiculous at this point. And finally, Buffalo Bills, New Orleans Saints. Um, as I've been saying, Buffalo is a it was one of the teams that was one of the scariest, but really Buffalo is just Dallas. Um, they're Dallas with a better defense, kind of. I mean, again, statistically, much better defense as far as over the entire course of the season. But um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just as volatile. <laughs> They uh, here, Here's the scores the last couple weeks. Again, think coin flip. This week, they won 31-6. to Last week, they lost 41-15. to The week before that, they won 45-17. to The week before that, they lost 9-6. to The week before that, they won 26-11. to Let's do that in terms of offense and defense, and you tell me if it's heads or tails. Ready? 26, 6, 45, 15, 31. The only one that's kind of up in the air would be the Miami Dolphins' 26 point. But it's either all the way wide open or all the way closed. Six points and 15 points against the Jaguars and the Colts. 45 points and 31 points against the Jets and the Saints. (laughs) What? Defense, 11, 9, 17, 41, 6. So the defense is usually heads, even for the season. 23, that's kind of, you know, stuck on the side, I guess. 0, 21, 0, 20, 34, and then the bye, 11, 9, 17, 41, and 6. The defense has had two tails games at 34 and 41, and they've had games under 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 times, including four of them under 10, and two of them at 0. Offensively, um... They've had one, two, three, four, five, six, pretty much, again, similar to Dallas, seven games at 30 or higher, 31, 31, 35, 38, 40, 43, and 45, three games in the 40s, which again, ridiculous. Wait a minute. I got to click on Dallas again. This says they're second. I thought I just said Dallas was number two. Dallas is, yep, it says number two in points. Buffalo says number two in points. You all need need to update this. Uh, or maybe they're tied. Three, two, six. Yeah, three, two, six. They're tied. Never mind. Never mind. So yeah, Buffalo is Dallas. The Packers might still be um, Tennessee. I have to I have to update that. The Saints. Um, 
basically have completely fallen apart. They uh, Kudos to the Saints for being as good as they were for as long as they were. I mean, they started that whole thing that the Packers are supposed to be doing next year where the team starts to implode because your salary cap is so bad, you got to get rid of everybody, and they did get rid of a ton of players, including their quarterback. Um, they obviously beat the Packers, they beat the Patriots, they beat Washington, then they had a bye week, so they were 3-2. and two. They won their first two to go to 5-2, and two, and it's like, holy cow, including beating Tampa Bay, Seattle, Washington, New England, the Packers. I mean, that's some good good wins there, 5-2. and two. They've gone 0-4 since then. They are now 5-6. and six. Um, They have a losing record for the first time this season. After falling to the Falcons by two, they lost to Tennessee by two, they got blown out by the Eagles, and then they got blown out by the Bills. It's getting real ugly for the Saints. Um, and again, they got Dallas again. This is going to be at home. I'm assuming Dallas is going to win that game, but again, I have really no idea how that's going to pan out. But... Um, Another NFC threat is rapidly becoming not a threat, um, and it's getting bad on both sides of the ball. The offense is struggling to get up to that 30-point range. They've done it once since their bye in Week 6, um, and now the defense is starting to crumble a little bit. It was a very solid defense. They didn't allow 30 points all year. They had several under 20, um, and the last two weeks they've given up 40 and 31. And with Dallas coming to town, um, next week, I'm assuming it's going to be another 30-point game because, again, Dallas, top offense. So it's it, we probably I need to do a better job of looking at the overall rankings because things are so volatile. But um, as it stands right now, there is one team ahead of the Packers. That's the Arizona Cardinals, who are at 9-2. and two. Um, Other teams that are kind of a threat, Dallas, who we just spent a lot of time talking about at 7-4, and four. Tampa Bay is at 7-3. and three. Let's look at Tampa Bay because they've been having a bit of trouble themselves. Um, they were 6-1. and one. They've fallen two of their last three, including to the Saints, who we've already established are not very good. They fell to Washington, who's not very good. They finally beat the Giants, but, I mean, really, they've played three teams. They Well, when was the last time they played a good team? See, now, th- this is this reminds me of what I said about the Rams, and, and we'll talk about the Rams more tomorrow, but... I had mentioned I think the Rams were overrated um, because it's just they don't play a lot of good teams. The Giants are a bad team. Washington's a bad team. The Saints are a bad team. Chicago's a bad team. The Eagles are a bad team. Miami's a bad team. New England is a good team, but that kind of turned a corner at what point here? They became a good team around week seven. So they were a bad team at the time. Um, In fact, when they played Tampa... They, after that loss, were 1-3. and three. Um, They barely beat Houston and then lost to Dallas. They were 2-4. and four. They've won 1, 2, 3, 4, like 5 in a row since then. So New England was a bad team. They lost to the Rams. They beat the Falcons and the Week 1 Dallas Cowboys. How many impressive wins do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have? Beating the Cowboys by 2? Definitely not beating the Falcons. It's definitely not losing to the Rams. It's not beating the Patriots by two. It's not beating the Dolphins. It's not beating the Eagles by six. Certainly not beating the Bears. I mean, some of these are are, are big wins, but I mean, it's one, when when your offense is just way better than another team's defense, and your defense is just better than another team's offense, you just keep scoring. So I mean, it's you're just better, right? Um, then you lose to the Saints, you lose to Washington, and you beat the Giants. There, there's not been again maybe Dallas by two. What what is a good team they've beaten? They, they have just got the easiest schedule in the history of the world. Um, 
Then they're playing the Colts, who are a 500 team. They're 6-5. and five. Uh, The Falcons are trash. They got to play the Bills. That'll be a tough one. Um, the Saints are garbage. The Panthers are not good. The Jets are trash. And the Panthers again. I mean, they don't play anybody that's any good. So, I mean, it's it's annoying. But at the same time, they fall into the Saints and to Washington. And so, based on that, I don't know that they beat the Colts. They probably beat the Falcons. They probably lose to the Bills. They already lost to the Saints, so it's hard to say that's an automatic win. Um, Carolina is kind of finding their groove a little bit, and that's on the road, so maybe. Uh, the Jets, there's no chance they lose to it. And then the Panthers again. Hopefully they split with the Panthers. It, 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 the annoying part about all of this is um, we're in competition with Tampa, and we need to try to stay ahead of Tampa. But they just have such an easy schedule. It's going to be hard to do. I mean, if, if they lose maybe one, maybe two, maybe two more, I don't know. That's 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 a little bit annoying to me. But Tampa Bay is going to be hard to stay in front of. We're, we're going to, I mean, you know, if, if we lose this week and they win, we're, we're tied. And then it's just going to be a shootout from there. Otherwise, it's it's the Rams, which is which is why this game is so important. And, and I've seen many Packer fans say maybe we just kind of cash it in and um, wait until after the bye. There's no chance. There's no chance in the world. This has weight. I mean, there, there's one, two, three, four. There's five teams in the NFC that actually matter. The Packers are number two. And the number one team they've already beaten. So the odds of them getting a number one bye is is right within their grasp. It's right within their grasp. And by winning, you also knock off the Rams down to seven and four, which is where Dallas is. Doesn't put them out of the running, but it's going to be a it, it's it, it creates a lot more distance when you're nine and three and they're seven and four. Any time when there's again when there's five teams you're competing with, there's really just five because otherwise you got the Vikings at five and five. They're they're they've got a ways to go. Um, Philadelphia is a five win team. Carolina is a five win team. The Saints are a five win team, and San Francisco is a five win team. Nobody even has six. So you got three seven win teams, one eight win team, and a nine win team. That's your race. That is the entire NFC race. Now, again, a five-win team could technically go on a run and become a competitor, but the odds of them overtaking the Packers, they got to win three games just to get to eight, just to tie where the Packers are now. The odds that the Packers are still at eight within, you know, three weeks is not super great. Although I guess we got this week, we got a bye, which would keep us at eight, and then coming off a bye, the Packers are usually terrible, so maybe it's not that unrealistic. (laughs) But it is somewhat unrealistic that, to think that these five-win teams are going to go 3-0. and um, The Eagles, the Panthers, the Saints, and the 49ers. Pretty unlikely. But again, that just goes to show how important this is, especially with the bye, because you got these teams that might be passing you. If you fall to 8-4, and four, the Rams automatically go to 8-4. and four. Now you're tied with them. Arizona's already a 9-win team, potentially a 10-win team at the end of this week. Um, Tampa's probably going to be an 8-win team. So they're tied with us. So now it is a three-way tie with Arizona two games ahead. And then you got a bye week, which gives, again, all these teams an opportunity to go ahead of us. It's a big game. It's a very, very big... For both teams, it's a very, very big game. And I would say it's more likely that we rush guys back. I don't think we're going to. But if you had to tell me which is more likely, we rush the guys back a week early or we rest guys who aren't quite 100% to bring him back to the bye, I would say we rush guys, especially since they have another week to recover. I think this is going to be all hands on deck. I, th- I think the 
the message to the team is this is one of the biggest games of the entire season. I mean, there isn't, I mean, it is. It's the biggest game until the playoffs, and that's not really questionable. We don't play any of those other teams that I mentioned for the rest of the year. The Bears are not a competitor. The Baltimore Ravens are AFC. Cleveland is AFC. Minnesota is a big game, but it's not as big as the Rams. It's not. This game right here is the biggest game left on our schedule. Arizona might have been the other biggest game, and we won that game. If this is about positioning ourselves in the NFC, this is it. This is the big game. Now, we'll see what Minnesota's at come week 17. Maybe that becomes a bigger game. But if unless Minnesota goes on a massive win streak and we're, we're at risk of losing the NFC North, but even, even, even with that in mind, that makes this an important game. Because if we lose this game, that puts Minnesota in a better position to take the NFC North away from us. So in every conceivable angle... This is the biggest game left on our schedule. It's one of the biggest games of the season. It was bigger than last week against the Vikings, bigger than the Seahawks, bigger than the Chiefs. Not as big as Arizona, probably. Um, Bigger than Washington, Chicago, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Detroit, and New Orleans. Plus, this is a playoff game. I mean, not literally, but I mean, this is... You want to know if the Packers can get it done in the playoffs? You want to know if they can overcome injuries and adversity? You want to know if they can play cold-weather football at home against a top-tier NFC team? You want to know if they're good enough? I mean... They, you know, it's 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 all about getting right at the right time. And although we still got several weeks until we need to be 100% ready to go for playoff football, we're kind of getting close. This is your first practice game for the playoffs, which by the way, we do want it to be at home. And this is at home. Can you win at home against a playoff caliber team against a Super Bowl caliber team? This is it. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. And again, the idea that they would just say, eh, let's just cash it in, go into the bye week. No way in the world. No way in the world. So anyways, I'm going to call it right then and there. Uh, You know, I didn't want to go too far into the Rams because, again, nobody's listening to these episodes. I'm hoping everybody's back from the holidays and and ready to focus on Sunday starting tomorrow. But uh, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.